Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I am Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub living here in West Hollywood, and I am your discount box of Valentine's Day chocolate, because uh, it's it's a couple days in. Maybe there's still some left, but I'm I'm the one you grabbed on Monday. That's, you know, <laughs> top tier. <laughs> and my name is Michael. I'm a chaser. And today I am your... I am your platonic Galentine's Day waffle brunch. I'm here to make everybody feel good about themselves and like they don't need a date today. You just need your friends. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. My name is Don Marshall. I am a chubby big guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am your construction paper bouquet of flowers given to you by a small child who you pat on the head and then send off on their way while you try to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying you're a disappointment. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, author, author public speaker. Um, and it's a really exciting day for me because I am broadcasting from a very new and different location. That's right. I'm on the other side of the couch. I knew something was off today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's an amazing world here on the right side. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually kind of disconcerting me. <laughs> I just hope it's I don't get dizzy. Cast. <laughs> you get so used to people's backgrounds, you know, like, yeah, you've got my big black field of my bed behind me. You've got Trevor's bookcases. You've got the porn set behind Michael with all of mm. the cameras directed at the bed. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> Look, girls got to make a living. That's right. <laughs> How was your Valentine's Day listener? Leave a little pause. That was that's great or terrible. Oh, I can't believe you tried that position. Who gave you that advice? Yeah, uh, just just for people who are confused, we're not we're past Valentine's Day, but in our in recording time, it's the day before Valentine's Day. It's all topsy turvy mm -hmm. here in uh, podcast land. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. For our future time travelers, we are still in COVID. Yeah. Um, lock in coming Dude, up on one year. At this year point, now. people should just assume that that's the case, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll let them know when we're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trevor, yeah. didn't you have a little note of uh, a little light at the end of the proverbial tunnel? Didn't you get a date for oh, a vaccine? Yes. Um, kind of. It, I mean, it's uh, we're in LA. The vaccine rollout has kind of been a shit show. But I got an alert yesterday that I am eligible for a vaccine starting on March 15th. And why is that, Trevor? Because I'm fat. <laughs> um, they're trying to figure out how they're going to verify that you're oh, so fat. It wasn't, fat. It, wasn't an, <laughs> it wasn't an official notification. It was just a heads up from. Uh, well, I mean, it was a like L.A. County discussing, you know, okay. saying this is the date, but we need to figure out how it's going to work. But it wasn't an email to Trevor Keys. No, 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 no. You may come. It was. Uh, the, We've heard that you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your vaccine. <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh there's going to be a tiny a chair with arms. Oh yeah, exactly. And starting gonna make March, <laughs> starting March first, you said. Uh, fifteenth, March fifteenth. Okay, yes, good to know. So yes. everybody start packing on the pounds, and you too can be eligible yeah. for. That's yeah. right. You gotta uh, you gotta make weight for vaccine. If your BMI <laughs> is higher than forty, then you're in luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also Prize you know winner. several other conditions which many of which are uh, less visible. So it's that's kind of why they're like, we need to figure out how we're going to verify this. Yeah. But thankfully for me, I can just hopefully show up fat. 
Yeah. You know, it's going to be a hug test. They're going to come oh, up to you. Oh. They're going to give you a big hug. And if their arms can't get all the way around you, you get the vaccine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of big hugs and getting your arms around a larger body. Let's, that's a really good segue. Yeah, dive right into <laughs> pop culture with how the pandemic lifted the lid on the Darwinian world of Jap- Japan sumo. Uh, but this uh, the article is from uh, Washington Post, and it's kind of talking about the, you know, sumo is happening during COVID like many other sports, but it's the sumo wrestlers are kind of being hit especially hard because of, you know, there's we're, it's still kind of up in the air. Is obesity a higher risk factor for COVID or, you know, the other kind of comorbidities, whatever, but um, that they're being forced to compete. Um, right. They don't either, get a choice. Yeah. If you it's don't, sort of the anti-union, like if you don't do it, you get kicked out forever. Yeah. Um, and so you you have to continue to pe- compete whether you want to or not. And this is sort of shining a light on the fact that it's actually quite dangerous to do so. If somebody's sick and doesn't realize it, mm-hmm. you're now forcing yourself into contact with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so your your choice over whether or not you want to keep yourself safe from a COVID perspective is taken away from you. I mean, it should be pointed out that the sumo organization in Japan is, I don't think there's much argument over this, one of the most corrupt institutions in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's very, <laughs> there's very little good things you can say about the administration of sumo in Japan. Uh, and this, this is completely in keeping with that. Insert FIFA joke here for all of our soccer yeah. fans. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, okay. and the athletes themselves are set up in this really interesting position where like when they enter the sport, they get put into a, it's what's called a stable, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't transfer stables. You are with them forever, right? There, there's no, so you guys are bad. I'm switching over to them. If you leave mm-hmm. the stable, you're done. Um, and usually they join the stable in mid elementary school mm. um, and or mid middle school, and they don't complete their studies. So sumo wrestling is the only thing a lot of these guys know professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, they really are just holding them hostage, you know? And the article talks about kind of how in, within these stables, you know, it's a really toxic environment and you're kind of trapped. Um, sumo wrestlers aren't allowed to have social media, so th- there's no kind of outlet for them to expose this or really express their lives outside of this. Um, yeah, and another aspect of it, Don mentioned them living in a stable it not literally but you are living with your fellow wrestlers in a like in a basically in a bunk environment almost and you were in such close contact with all of your your fellow teammates i guess that you, it's inevitable it's like going to camp and like one kid gets sick mm-hmm. and everyone gets sick camp that never ends um but yeah so i don't know re- light a candle for your favorite sumo wrestler because mm. it's it's a shame. Um, I'll let Dan set up the next one because yeah, I was really excited to read this. My uh, my friend Chris, whom we interviewed on the podcast, Chris uh, Rosa, who writes for Glamour, just did a really great piece titled "I Don't Just Want Fat Love on TV, I Want Fat Sex," and it was a really great article talking about how we've done great you know great work in body positivity, uh, but this sort of like antiseptic it's okay to be fat as opposed to no i like fat bodies or fat bodies are beautiful and fat bodies are having sex out there and it was a really wonderful dive into the mediascape of where that's being shown and one of the things i really liked about it as a chubby chaser myself is that 
the article features uh, some wonderful quotes from people who are attracted to large bodies and how they navigate the waters of um what we've been talking about, like not, not just explaining it to your friends, but taking heat from your friends like, oh, you like that or, oh, you guys must be together for some other reason or not being perceived as a couple. And it really mm-hmm. takes that on. And uh, and Chris has a point of view about that, as you can imagine. And it's a really great read in uh, in Glamour, which you can mm-hmm. find online or by uh, looking up Christopher Rosa and uh, seeing what he wrote. Nice. Yeah, it's a good article. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but we're going to get more shrill soon which uh he talks about you know he references shrill a lot and uh, it's the last season so buckle up because it's gonna be good yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna probably be a little sad a little happy a lot of feelings i mean that show just broke so many new some new grounds i don't think you can say that but it it, uh it it really yeah and and taboos and Mm. really looking at what's I, you know, it's sort of like buy fat people for pet for fat people. And I, mm-hmm. I really think it was wonderful. It definitely addressed things in a way that uh, what's funny is for me, uh, diet land started Ooh, it. Yeah. Diet lands like addressed the issues, but did it in sort of a way that I didn't always connect with. It was a little more militant. Yeah. Um, and it, it made sense. Like I get it. Yeah. yeah Anytime it, there was something I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I think the problem I had with diet land was that, you know, all chasers were just seen as scum, absolute scum and no distinction made between, you know, feeders and chasers and they're all scum anyway. So why do we even have to bother? Mm-hmm. It wasn't it more of just men are bad in that. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, I a mean, positive that was, male oh, that was you know, no, but, 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 but <laughs> I'll tell you that Don, the men had names, the chasers and the one feeder. They were just monsters. They didn't need a name. The character didn't actually need a name. <laughs> They were I just don't recall that, but okay. oh yeah. Well, again, I I tend to look at it personally because it's supposed to oh, yeah. represent me. So I'm not saying you're incorrect. I'm just literally I don't recall <laughs> mm-hmm. that. I just mean I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we do have something in Fat Watch. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, roll that beautiful Fat Watch music. <laughs> this I gotta, is really I vibe. I have to vibe. <laughs> into it <laughs> dance for us bunny boy yeah. dance i'm <laughs> dancing maybe you're dancing in your car level <laughs> one hand on the steering wheel because you got it but i don't know i'm just impressed up. that you really can get the tassels going in two different directions <laughs> that's that's really impressive <laughs> took me years to teach him that uh, years <laughs> um so in san francisco gate uh there was a story from their culture uh section specifically they have a section called characters uh, and it was 340 pound skateboarder shatter stereotypes with new Bay Area Club. And it's an, a feature about Andy Duran, who you may remember if you saw the um, the NAFA panel that I was part of. Uh, he oh, was featured. that's where I know him from. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he started a skateboard club called Chub Rolls with a Z because <laughs> uh, it's, it's very, you know, I, I like the extreme skateboarder aspect of that. Um, Mm -hmm. but basically he wanted to show people that like fat people skateboard and he has this skateboard club that meets, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it's like once a month. Um, but basically they will provide gear to people who show up and all levels. So if you, you know, don't know anything about skateboarding, but you've always kind of admired the, the shredding and the kickflips and the, um, What's another skateboard move? I'm sorry. I am. I admire the not falling off. I never really mastered that. <laughs> Greasing um, your pipe. 
Is that mm, I think that's thing? something else. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I follow Andy on it's like Gleam um, Your Cube, but more fun. Yes. Okay. I follow Andy on Instagram and I've kind of, I, I've seen, I saw this kind of go from development to execution, which is lovely. I think it's a great idea. The, the ability to give access to people. Like when I was younger, I would have loved to have tried some skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I kind of assumed that most skateboards would not have been very friendly to me. And, you know, I, I have never been able to find uh, knee pads that fit me. Mm. So, well, they might have an inside track on that. Yeah. All right. We have our main topic today. <gasps> what is it? This is a grim one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It is not feel, grim. <laughs> it's a bummer. But, you know, it's a we've, bummer, been, at the very we've given you a little too much fun over the past couple yeah. weeks. So okay, I mean, we've been a little Valentine's too happy. Day. Give me Valentine's too- Day. What else do you want? <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things we wanted to tackle today is basically social media and the institutionalized fat phobia there. Not not just like people being dicks on social media. We know what that's about. But it's mm-hmm. not new. It's just a new format for the same old song that many of us have heard since we were kids. What we're talking about are uh, organizations that have set up rules that intentionally or unintentionally disproportionately affect the fat community. Yes. You know, so. A good example of this is the Instagram thing that you were talking about earlier, Trevor. Yes. Um, right. So Instagram um, use it. You know, we've we've talked a lot about Instagram and algorithms and um, controversy around people getting banned from Instagram or had having posts deleted. Um, and there was an article in Fast Company by Jessica Richmond, who Dan and I know, a uh, wonderful lady who kind of specializes in working with companies and like working at the intersection of industry and fat activism plus size uh, fashion. And she wrote about uh, Instagram's policies um, on nudity that disproportionately affect fat people. And it's because Instagram uses an AI algorithm for pictures to detect uh, inappropriate content. And they use basically, it's not exactly a percentage, but the picture looks at how much skin is in, or the the AI looks at how much skin is in a picture. So, and she breaks it down by saying, you know, let's say there's a woman who has a bathing suit that covers up 40% of her skin. Now imagine a fat woman in the same bathing suit. She, you know, has more skin, more surface area. So there's more yeah. skin. So she will be flagged. Well, a thin person in the same bathing suit will not. Mm-hmm. TikTok has taken this further and admitted to doing so <laughs> um, for the best but, reason, of all. but for different reasons, basically. So in 2019, TikTok admitted to suppressing different like uh, fat people, disabled people, people of color in uh, the TikTok algorithm out of fear that these users would be bullied and saying, you know, oh, well, we're doing a good thing. We're trying to prevent bullying on our platform by, by erasing taking you. away their voices. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to we're going to prevent your bullying by erasing you. Much like the way that you know, if, if we want to prevent sexual assault, we put women in veils and burkas. Yes, uh, um, that's so. Oh. Yeah, which it's. I'm kind of reminded of like when schools or teachers try to prevent something by saying like, okay, well, don't do this thing. Don't you, you know, it makes it so much worse because yeah. you're drawing attention to something. You're basically putting a spotlight on it. 
Well, but I, I think here the question is, it, it wasn't don't do it. It's we're just going to erase you. You're not going to appear. You will not be depicted because we don't want to have to deal with the the bullying and the comments. So we're actually protecting you by erasing you. What a yeah. concept. And instead of instructing their moderators to try and uh, moderate hate speech and bullying, they decided to moderate the the fat people. And uh, the, I think there were trans people were also being targeted. Mm-hmm. Other, quote unquote, you know, susceptible minorities, you know, instead of letting their videos alone and targeting the people who were, you know, being the bullies, they were just like, no, it's easier this way, which makes it really sound like that whole bullying thing is purely an excuse to, yeah. to excuse what they chose to do. Oh, which well, is kind of like this, bullying. It, that turned out to be exactly the case because, uh, so this, this is an article from the intercept from 2020 of TikTok's internal policies for moderators, basically, looking to suppress all the, I mean, so many different groups, you know, including like looking, you know, some moderators get to basically see a 15 second version of the video and decide if it's appropriate or not. And there were things like if there's a crack on the wall in the background, if there are, if someone has too many wrinkles, if they have ugly, uh, so this is, it was, you know, uh, TikTok was developed by a Chinese company. So this is, it was written in Chinese and then just kind of like Google translated over for American moderators. So ugly facial looks, dwarfism, abnormal body shape, dilapidated housing, slums, rural fields, rural fields, rural yes. fields. Hmm. Um, and the, the the reason behind this was when people download the app and videos start popping up, they want to make sure that people are like, oh, there's all these, you know, beautiful, rich people, you know, they, the, they want a glamour, like glamour app, glamorizing experience where people are like, oh my God, look at all these amazing people on this app. Which I, I have to say is very much in keeping with, uh, Chinese corporate culture, Chinese government culture of like, we're just going to suppress that which is ugly because we have a brand, whether that brand is a company or the brand is the state. It reminds me of Abercrombie and Fitch, how they were in, got in trouble for only hiring, you know, God. Uh, white models mm-hmm. and having a policy telling their managers that there was a certain look they were going for in employees and not to hire pl- employees who didn't fit that mm-hmm. look. And look just meant, you know, white supremacist. It was very, it was just very, very obvious. They had to be ripped and white. If I recall correctly, they defended themselves by saying like, well, no, of course we hire everyone. We just put those other ones in the back room. Uh, Well, they, they, no, but Don, they got to that point of view where they started. There was an interview uh, back, I think in 2003, where the CEO who had taken the brand from just basically the doldrums to the height of fashion in like around 1999. And he said like, no, we don't want those. We don't want ugly people wearing our clothes. We don't want these non-desirable people wearing our clothes. We want to be the cool. I mean, there's always been cool kids and we want to be the clothes that the cool kids wear. And we don't want non-cool kids wearing our clothes, repping our brand. As a former cool kid, (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about non-cool kids wearing uh, the same things as me. I do feel like there are certain side effects to this social media thing during quarantine right Mm -hmm. since we're seeing people in real life less and less uh just because we're all staying at home um we're mostly seeing people either on tv or so through social media which now that i'm thinking about it 
I haven't seen any fat people on any Facebook videos or even YouTube videos in a while. Like they just don't come up in my stream. Well, I mean, um, I think unless maybe I'm specifically I have a very, looking for something. I, I have a very different stream than most people, have, you know, as a chubby chaser. Mm. So I actually see a lot of fat people in a lot of videos. Uh, they tend to be smuggled out of TikTok and end up on Tumblr because or, or maybe they're on TikTok and I just I'm not on TikTok, so I don't see them there. But I there there is a lot of but there there's a lot of it tends to be fat men dancing, you know, which is, you know, eye catching to me. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they're letting that through. But if a fat woman were dancing, that would be a violation of terms, because, again, as you said, too much skin, too much whatever. That's interesting. I, I'm curious uh, if we have any straight chasers listening. Let us know what your social media experience has been. Are fat women still showing up in your feed or has it been getting lighter and lighter, so to speak? And like I said, I'm seeing them on Tumblr. So there's people who are kind of smuggling them out, so to speak. I mean, my so I've, I think I talked about this before on the podcast with, you know, I I, I run the uh, Big Fat Gay Pod Instagram and I follow, I mean, mostly fat people, chubs, chasers, fat activists, um, random fat ladies. And I really had to train the algorithm because when I didn't do anything, when I would open the explore panel, I got all weight loss. Oh, of course stuff. Oh, geez. And mm-hmm. I mean, I had to, I would go in when I, I would see it and I would be like, uh, Instagram, you can say like, I don't like this. So I go to like all the weight loss was like, I don't like this and scroll through a few of those kind of, I don't know, columns and then go back and click another weight loss one. Like, I don't like this scroll kind of click all the other weight loss videos. And now I get less. I'm probably, I, I feel like yeah. I get a lot of like porn now. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, that's kind of the, other, the two extremes. Yeah. Because, and you got to get what's going on there. On the one hand, it is a safe assumption for them because diet culture is so pervasive that yeah. weight mm. loss is something that all, oh, everyone must be interested in that. But number two, most of their ad revenue when it comes to anything fat related is of course weight loss. That's who's paying the bills for having these companies online. So it's not an accident that that's where the, if that's where the money is, that's what you're going to get shown. The side effect of that is I feel like I'm being stalked by Noom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can someone shut Noom up? Every time I turn around, there is Noom waiting in my my closet door, staring at me with a hatchet. (laughs) So effectively, what we're looking at are uh, rules set up in these various social media platforms that they claim are to protect our sensibilities and to protect us from attacks Mm -hmm. by removing us from the conversation. Well, and once again, these policies, you know, it's not just about fat people. And once again, it's a thing where, you know, intersectionality, the people that are at the crossroads of all of these marginalized identities that are being suppressed get even more suppressed because they're not just fat. You know, they're fat, they're black, they're disabled, they're, you know, they're, it's, they're targeting all these groups saying they're trying to protect them, but like also kind of admitting internally, like, no, we want, yeah. you know cis thin pretty white rich people their goal is to have yeah hot thin rich white for each of those descriptors you do not have you get farther (laughs) and farther away from Mm -hmm. representation yeah i mean i think the bottom line is they want diversity as long as that diversity is on brand (laughs) yeah that sounds about right what would a good policy look like to you and I mean, I guess it would just actually be moderating bullying like this. It seems to be the simple thing that none of these companies 
can do. Twitter is kind of getting better at it, just in the fact that they actually are doing something now, <laughs> as opposed to doing nothing. But like, tw- I mean, Twitter, I, I'm i on Twitter a lot. I am mostly kind of like a raccoon digging through garbage on Twitter, r- watching my little hands, finding funny <laughs> things that amuse me and gobbling them up. But there is severe fat phobia and hate speech on Twitter. And I recently kind of just saw a post that was uh, going viral just so people could spew hate speech about fat people. And I was just kind of shocked that like, really, like Twitter, you're like, you're, this is OK. Well, like, this I, is I, fine. Well, so Twitter is Twitter has been the flip side of what we're discussing. Right. Because they have no institutionalized rules whatsoever <laughs> up until recently. It basically politically like it's the uh, it's the social media equivalent of like, say, Somalia. You know, it's just <laughs> there is no law. You know, you well, start I, posting and then like, you know, some mean girl is going to show up on your screen just a few seconds later. Like, look at me. Look at, look at me. I am your social media captain now. <laughs> you know, like it's just it's not going to be pretty. It's the flip side of what we're talking about is yeah. there has to be some medium. But I wonder if those two things go hand in hand, because one of the other things that Twitter is known for is you can post images and nudity and sex videos on Twitter that you could never put on, certainly not Facebook and certainly not Twitter or uh, Tumblr anymore since they decided that whole moratorium. And I don't know about the other sites, but my, I, I think that while Twitter is also one of the is one of the most toxic cesspools for commentary, it is also the most unmoderated for content as well. And I'm wondering whether those two go hand in hand, that it is that hands off approach so that you can pick you can post anything from fat girls to dick pics. But then there's there's the they also don't don't deal with the backlash of that either. And is that good? Maybe I don't know. I mean, Twitter does have a fairly, fairly extensive policy on hate speech that never seems to get enacted. And this is why people were kind of like, oh, like, okay, so now Donald Trump gets banned from Twitter. Like, great. (laughs) But like, where was this, you know, four years ago? Four damn years. Well, Um, I think it's because people have trouble agreeing on the definition of hate speech. And I mean, there's people where it's like, you know female artists getting messages like i'm gonna slit your throat and drain you like a pig you bitch and twitter's like you know actually he didn't really say anything that bad so like it's fine we'll keep this up well because they didn't use specific vocabulary that's been marked as hate speech like you know i don't know maybe lynching or something like that where it's the the test is so narrow and specific that it almost never gets it doesn't uh, the stuff that's even worse doesn't get caught But like nothing, it seems like nothing gets Well, people learn the way around these filters really quick. So um, I mentioned on the show before I play this game Overwatch to unwind. Um, They have, they implemented a filter in their chat where certain gamer taunts Mm -hmm. get replaced with other phrases. So G-G-E-Z, which means good game. You were so easy. Thank you so much for just laying down and dying for me. It's basically what that means. Um, they, if someone types that in, they're going to uh, get a message out saying, um, "It's past my bedtime. I like to suck my thumb. Please don't tell my mommy I'm still up." 
which is pretty funny. It's great. But how'd that go over? Well, people actually, people loved it, but (laughs) all that people did though, was instead of saying G G E Z, it was G space G space E Z. And now the filter doesn't work anymore. So it's, but I feel like that's also like, that's the primitive version of what we're talking about, but it's very much what we're talking about. But I feel like, I don't know, like, I know that's a thing, especially with game companies, but I feel like they should know better because like <laughs> they're a game company and, and, like, and the people working for these game companies generally are also gamers. Oh, but that doesn't matter. It's exactly what Twitter's doing. They now have something to point to to say we attempted to deal with the toxicity. What do you want? What more do you want us to do? We've done. We have best. a policy. <laughs> yeah, we have a policy. <laughs> what um, do you want from us? I had to enact it. <laughs> And that's the problem. As long as there's just corporate coverage, that's all that's really required in sort of a capitalistic setup. That sounds very familiar. Not just in capitalism. Um, well, I want to know what Michael thinks about all this. We haven't heard from Michael yeah. in a while. It, it sounds like it all sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're uh, not a a little, it's a thumbs down. A dumpster raccoon like me. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I try to. I avoid all this stuff. Like I don't. You guys know this. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. Um, I actively avoid Twitter. I haven't really gotten into TikTok, although I enjoy the ones people have sent to me. <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, it all sucks. Thumbs down. I I try and just walk the other way and be miserable in other aspects of my life. <laughs> you like, like there's plenty of it to go around. You like your misery in real life, not online. Yeah. Yeah. I try and be selective about what makes me feel terrible. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> As our brains were evolving, I don't think they were designed for like the ability to immediately share any opinion within like a, a microsecond of being like, I hate anyone who makes grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> In in the <laughs> oven, <laughs> and if they do, they should kill themselves. Like it's <laughs> well, but that's the thing. There, the, the most of social media is made up of of statements that would never be spoken aloud, and certainly not to someone's face. And yet, that's that's the bread and butter of these places, and it's it's yeah. just eerie. It's awful. It's it's well, basically showcasing what's inside your head when you would never let that outside your head. Some of these things might start seeing some change because we're starting to see some businesses be affected by these algorithms, right? Yes. So there was a lingerie company that had big and tall models Mm. uh, and their big and tall models were, their advertisements were sunk. But only for the women. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Right. And at the same time, certain, like uh, Rihanna's advertising, uh, Rihanna's clothing line. I don't know if you guys saw this. It it went viral for a bit. Mm -hmm. They had they have a wide variety of male models demonstrating their stuff, including some bigger guys, right? And apparently there were spaces to comment on these guys' bodies, and the bigger guys were getting some really thirsty comments mm. on the threads, right? What ha- ended up happening, because it wasn't targeting a gay audience, this was the first time some straight guys have seen their bodies being sexualized on mm. these threads mm. by other posters. Interesting. Right? How did that go? It was really interesting reading all these posters. People like, I never thought anyone, I never thought a woman was looking at me like this. That's right. right. I just never thought that was even a possibility. And so this thread was all of these bigger straight guys feeling physically appreciated for the first time in their damn lives. Well, one of the big uh, secrets of the round world is that there are female chubby chasers, but they don't 
they don't show up the same places as male chubby chasers. And because, you know, if you're if you're a woman and you like fat guys, you don't need to join a club to go find fat guys. You don't need to go to you don't need a support group (laughs) to to talk about how much you like fat guys because you that's just that's not necessary in for for a lot of uh, for a lot of straight women. And so they don't they don't get the visibility, but they are absolutely out there. Uh, They're just maybe harder to find if you're a fat guy. Yeah, I mean, there's even a descriptor for women who like the teddy bear type. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, for, for some reason, my first thought when Don said these, you know, the straight guys realizing that women were looking at them this way. My first thought was like, well, the T-Rexes in Jurassic Park were all women. <laughs> <laughs> after after. Well, Chris- like, I think it's like women, like women can be apex predators, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why my brain went there. Hey, we've all if anyone has seen the new Wonder Woman movie, we know that women become apex predators. That's like, right. But like that's yeah, like we, T-Rexes are all women. I don't know where my brain <laughs> See movie um, for details. Do we have any tips on dealing with social media, Dan, that like this sort of thing or because I got nothing. I'm I'm definitely of the well, this is just the way it is. Suck it up kind of generation. Well, I, I definitely would. I, I think I, I'm interested in this idea that the more you allow the more you the more you allow a diversity of of content, the more you're going to get a diversity of responses. And in the same way that you could find content that goes too far, you're going to find responses that go too far. So I think it it's it's kind of up to the user or in this case, the poster. I, and I, and I, I hate to say like, well, you know, if you get sucky comments, you should just suck it up. No, I, I don't mean that. But, you know, there are sometimes options to turn off the comments in some platforms. There are if you're if you're viewing this, you don't have to read the comments or you can stop reading sooner before it starts upsetting you, Mm -hmm. which we've done on most of our social media stuff. Right. Like the comments are off on Facebook in general, like. Well, I mean, I mean, what's that old (laughs) joke? Don't read the comments. I mean, there's going to be some great work out there, but you don't read the comments because it'll just. Like Michael was talking about, it'll just send you down a horrible rabbit hole of depression. I I will reveal the reason I turned off comments on uh, Facebook, like for what's people can't post stuff to our page. And it's because I was like, I don't want like some rando posting like a sexy picture of themselves on the page just because I feel like that's a big thing. I don't know. I, I've was expecting that from what I've seen from all the various kind of chub chaser groups I've been in on Facebook. So I'm like, I don't want people to think that like, this is the place for that. We're a sex site. Well, if you have any, if you have any desire to curate your content, I don't care what you are, whether you're a company or, you know, just a little webpage like ours. If you have any desire to curate content, you cannot curate after the fact. You can't yeah. uns you can't unsee something. You can't delete it afterwards. Uh, Twitter was always trying to do that with Trump, like <laughs> mark his content after it had already gone, mm-hmm. remove somebody's content after it's already gone out. It's too late for that. And so I think you know that it the the best approach is to not let it happen in the first place, and that's okay. I think I try and placate myself with the thought that like the reason why people start pushing back against content is because it starts becoming visible. Mm-hmm. So. 
if people are going out there and just waging a fat phobia war, it's because fat people are finally starting to be seen. Absolutely. In a different mm-hmm. light. And we see That's this what all, I'm going to cling to. We see this all over the United States and, and all over the world, really, where marginalized groups have are, are getting more visibility. And there are people who are very upset about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trevor, weren't you just telling me about how um, a million moms is terribly upset about this? What were you telling me? A, a, sh- a show or a oh, book? Oh, um, Blue's Clues. <laughs> yeah, Blue's Clues. Has a new terrible. alphabet song. And they had, uh, you know, they're going through like A is for Apple, B is for Barracuda, <laughs> P is for Pride. And it had the, like the a big P that was the the rainbow flag. And then they had like the trans pride flag, lesbian pride flag, um, all of these different, you know, all, all the different pride flags, all the pride. And one million mom the the one million all moms, twelve of them all twelve of the one million moms <laughs> yes <laughs> are just like blues clues can't <laughs> promote that kind of thing. There's your apex predator. Yeah. What are we gonna do if our ki- like? What are we supposed to say to our kid if they have a question? <laughs> um, I remember uh, that was one of the biggest things when I was with my partner at the time, and we got a message secondhand from some relatives about like, well, I don't know if Dan and his partner should come to the family gathering because what if they hold hands or God forbid, what if they kiss? And the and the stipulation was, how would we tell our children what that was about? Like that was their, and it's like the kids aren't uncomfortable. You are, just fess up. Like it's not our problem. It's not, it's not that we're upset by it. It's just we're afraid it'll upset the kids. Well, guess where that comes wow. from, you know? All right. Uh, I mean, my my tip for making your social media experience better is uh, train your algorithms. And like Dan said, turn off comments. You can even on Instagram flag certain words so that if someone types a word, it launches their comment into the void. Um, Can you really do that? That's wonderful. mm -hmm. That's handy. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, I report stuff when you see it, because worst case scenario or Twitter, Instagram will be like, well, I mean, we say no hate speech, but telling someone that they're, you know, a stupid fat bitch and they're going to die. That's not really hate speech. I mean, that's just their opinion. But, yeah, you know, just, maybe yeah. maybe enough if enough of us say this is bad, they'll do something yeah. and maybe not. Well, uh, we have we have a tip here. This sounds awesome. Yes. Like, what is this thing, Trevor? Um, so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about fat art and people saying it's difficult to draw fat bodies and that there's, you know, often you might not have access to reference material for how to learn to draw fat bodies. Uh, and there is a book called Morpho fat and skin folds anatomy for artists. And it is a art book about basically like, okay, here's, if you don't understand how fat bodies, you know, move and how they fold and everything, this is a, a guide for artists on, fat and skin folds which is lovely i I should point out that morpho is the title of the series uh it it comes from a a sector of uh aesthetics i think morphology or something like that but this guy has a whole series of these books so there's morpho hands and feet there's morpho uh jawlines and cyber like it's really looking doing a, a really deep specific dive on parts of the human body and how to draw them and instead of just looking at musculature why won't we look at fat and fat folds and skin folds and so that's just this is just another book in the series Mm -hmm. uh, which i think is fantastic i think it's lovely yeah Yeah. 
I brought a bit. Yay. I am excited for a bit. It's been so long since we've had a bit. I know. It's been a bit. Um, So since we were talking about institutional issues today, I just started to go out and find some uh, institutionalized laws out there that have been very strange and perhaps deserve a little bit of attention. And we're actually going to do this a little differently than we've done in the past. I am so excited, Don. I love this. Um, I've got a couple different questions with multiple answers. And then uh, each of you get to give me your answers. And then whoever gets the most correct answers gets to move on to our lightning round. Oh, my God. Which we've never done before. (laughs) Okay. So I've got a few questions here. Um, These are all laws. Uh, in various states involving food. All right. Hmm. So our first one is, in what state are you not allowed to sell your pickles unless they bounce? <laughs> A, Connecticut. B, New York. C, Nevada. Or D, Florida. Wow. I forget which one is the pickle state. Bouncing pickles. If your pickles do not bounce, you may not sell them. Bounce. While you think about this, I'll tell you why this exists. Okay. There was a pip- pickle scam in 1948 where basically people were p- picklers were trying to pack pickles that were unfit for human consumption on the sly. So they found out that a healthy pickle bounces. Huh. Yeah. So I'm going to guess New York. We got I'm one for New York. Say New York. Two for New York. I, I hate to be part of the crowd, but yeah, New York. That makes the most sense. All right. Three for New York. The answer is, in fact, Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut pickles must bounce. All right. Wow. Question two. In what state is it illegal to eat fried chicken using a fork and knife? Oh, my goodness. A, Alabama. B, Arkansas. C, Georgia. Or D, Minnesota. Ah, I'm going to go with uh, Alabama. We got one for Alabama. I'm going to say Arkansas. We got one for Arkansas. Um, I want to say I'll be different and I'll say Georgia. And the correct answer is, in fact, Georgia. Ah. Uh, Why is he always right? God damn it. uh, Which state is the only state to have outlawed cannibalism? New Mexico, California, Maryland, or Idaho? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know why I think it's Maryland. Okay, we got one for Maryland. I just feel like it's Maryland. I don't know why. I want to say Maryland. Michael? Uh, my guess is Idaho. Idaho. I want to say Maryland, but I'm going to say California. No, that's okay. Right. And the correct answer is Idaho. Ooh. Yep. Uh, it is. Dis- uh, however, cannibalism is defined as non-consensual consumption of another human being. Really? So if they say it's okay, I guess it's okay. In what state is it illegal to try to pass off margarine as butter? Mm. A, Iowa. B, Illinois. C, North Dakota. Or D, Louisiana. Hmm. I'm going to say Iowa. That seems like an Iowa thing. All right, we got two for Iowa. Michael? Uh, North Dakota. All right. The correct answer is, in fact, Iowa. Yay, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who sells uh, margarine, oleo, or oleo margarine as a real butter is guilty of a simple misdemeanor, punishable by, by 30 days in jail and a $625 fine. And my wrath. All right. Right now we have Trevor in the lead with two, Michael with one, and Dan with one. This is our final question in the trivia round. In what state is it illegal to limit 
portion size? <laughs> A, Florida, B, Oregon, C, Oklahoma, or D, Mississippi? I was thinking you'd, you'd say Nevada just because of all the buffets. <laughs> say Florida. Mississippi. Okay, we got one for Florida. Mississippi. We got one for Mississippi. I'm going to say Mississippi. All right. And the correct answer is Mississippi. See. Uh, Mississippi actually uh, made a it was a, a law made in retaliation to New York State's Bloomberg law of limiting the size of big gulps. Oh, okay. <sighs> of course it was. All right. So our winner of the trivia round is Trevor. Well, of course it is. Trevor, are you ready for the lightning round? Uh, I'm not going to get struck by lightning, am I? No, you are not. <laughs> not if you do everything exactly as I tell you. <laughs> All right. So in the lightning round, I'm going to tell you a state. I'm going to tell you most of the law and you have to figure out the final few words for that sentence. So it's okay. Like, okay. We got five of these. Are you ready? In New Jersey, you may not commit a murder while wearing a hat, bulletproof <laughs> vest. <laughs> in the Washington state Sasquatch protection and refuge area, it is illegal to, uh, 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 ride a dog <laughs> it is illegal to hunt sasquatch <laughs> so close in california there is a 500 dollars fine to build maintain or use um a chicken coop nuclear weapons <laughs> in arkansas it is illegal to mispronounce the word uh, uh oleo <laughs> <laughs> In Arkansas, it is illegal to mispronounce the word Arkansas. I knew it. I was going to guess I, wanted, that. I was going to think Arkansas, but I'm like, no, it's, it can't be that. Arkansas. All right. Final question of the lightning round. In Massachusetts, it is illegal to dance to? Uh, 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 clown music. <laughs> In Massachusetts, it is illegal to dance to the national anthem. Oh, man. Michael, how did Trevor do in our lightning <laughs> round? Uh, he's bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, tell him what he's won. Nothing. You win nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have any strange and unusual laws where you're from, listener? Maybe you'd like to tell us about them. Where could they do that, Trevor? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher's a thing too, but I don't know. Forget about Stitcher. <laughs> See all the articles we referenced and kind of bummed you out with at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Also, I don't know. I haven't said this before, but send us an email at bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe you'll do that. Um, maybe you're uh, listening while you're filling your cart with discount heart-shaped boxes of chocolate. And then one of them kind of flops on the ground and opens up. And Michael's there. And he's just, he's gobbling up all the chocolates. He's a little mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so. The phone. <laughs> <laughs>